everybody, how's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys, this is Kevin from the Card Progression Podcast, and today we have Shaylee of Dayshell on the podcast. Why do I say of Dayshell? Because it's a one-man project, and it's all Shaylee. We talk about Pegasus, his brand new album coming out on September 22nd. We talk about how he ended up beating alcoholism between the Mr. Pain album to Pegasus and how it impacted his life. We talk about the production and creation of Pegasus with our main man, Joey Sturgis. And let me tell you, sonically, this album is brilliant, and we go into that too. So are you guys ready for a fantastic episode? You better be. Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, you're looking at this guy right now, and you're probably like, hey, I know this guy. He was probably one of your favorite bands called Of Mice and Men, and then he started his own project called Dayshell, and now brand new album coming out in September called Pegasus. The day we're recording this, his new song, Not Welcome, has come out today. And why am I saying it's his new song? Well, Dayshell is his own project. It is a one-man show right here, which is absolutely incredible hearing how this came out. So let's talk all about the album. Let's talk all about it. Let's talk about it with the man. So please welcome Shaylee Dayshell Bourget to the podcast. So Shaylee, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. What's up, brother? Thank you for having me, man. Thanks for being on, man. And of course, like I said, the day that we were recording this, your brand new song, Not Welcome, was the one that released today. So, so far, so good, right? I mean, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, but seems like a lot of people are really digging the song, really getting into it, and really vibing with it. So what do you think so far? Good, man. Um, I'm, I'm really thankful that people realized like what I was trying to go for in this song. Uh, when I originally wrote the song, it, the working title was Old School. And I called it that because to me, it, remin- it reminisced on Dayshell's first album, particularly a song Not Coming In, which is kind of ironic that that song ended up being Not Welcome. It's in the same tuning. If you listen to the song, it basically has the exact same structure, but it's just a different like uh, brother in a parallel universe, I like to call it. You know what I mean? So it, it just kind of nods at that, you know, to say, hey, man, that's my roots. And uh, yeah, people seem to be loving it. I was a little skeptical because I knew You Wish was probably going to do like good just because it's the heavier one. And everybody's been expecting that from me forever. They just want me to scream, I guess. Uh, and I was like, I don't know, but it's kicking off. And, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful <laughs> for sure. Uh, understandably so and it's kind of cool the fact that you're kind of using the songs a little bit of an easter egg to go back to your first album to really kind of lead people even back into that so people are just checking out Dayshell for the first time they're hearing this they might see you know and all the comments on social media all the comments on youtube just like hey this reminds me of the first album some people are able to go and jump right back into that and see even more of that from you and really connect with it personally myself mm-hmm. of you know when i listen to a song like you wish like that is more my style i like the heavier style i like the screaming stuff i like a lot more of that faster pace however listening and not welcome it does still fit and work within the flow of everything you were trying to go for in terms of my opinion when i was listening to it especially with how some of these transitions work so I, hearing that people were really getting into it i mean i got to agree because i think the same way yeah, I mean, you know, if you know me and you've listened to my music, I'm very diverse in my style. I can't really stick to one. Sometimes I go really far left, really far right. Um, but primarily I'm a hard rock writer, right? And that's just like, you know, not 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 welcome is just kind of like my pocket. You know, where I where I live as an artist and love to be and have that sweet groove and the bass just driving it and soaring vocals. And that's not to say I don't love metal with screaming too, but primarily like it's cool when people can appreciate where i like to kick back and relax like my zone you know it's nice 
where you just like to sit back, relax, like, all right, everyone, let's just enjoy the ride as we're going along yeah. right here. And you're in your Cruising zone. With the beat, dude. <laughs> and you're in your zone with this song. And it's partially what from like a hard rock uh, standpoint, the vocals, you want them to soar. You want them to be a powerful piece that really reminisces with that style that you closely connect with. I was really happy to hear you say, you know, with that driving bass, because with a lot of different songs, especially the stuff that I really get into, even some of the stuff, the hard rock today, it's that bass isn't as prevalent. And I like to hear when that bass gets a little more of that feature because it can be such this further driving force that adds to a lot of the drumming patterns that are behind it as well. It just keeps that vocal tone flowing and going and keeps the song going from one spot to the next and allows those transitions to happen so fluidly where it doesn't sound like they're abrupt. It sounds like you're just going from one piece to the next in such a natural fashion where we're just following along with the song and we're following along with the emotional journey you're taking us on and we're able to easily do that. We're not able, we're not having to take these hard left turns into the song where we're just, okay, we're kind of like cruising with you. Like we just said, we're enjoying the ride. We're having fun and we're getting lost in it. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's, it's funny you say that because, you know, to expand on what you're saying, like primarily my style is quite tech, but if you listen to it, it's always like in this flowing beat. So I do that deliberately because I know that if I were to do what you said, like jerk to the left, jerk to the right, the listeners get lost and confused. So how can you be both technical and and still like have that flow and it realistically is just keep it on the four four and just like have your kick patterns on the ups and the back beats and just kind of like instead of going on the predictable beat and it creates like a, a vibe that gives you that balance so to speak you know oh yeah especially when you stick with that four four pattern now that's kind of taking me back to when i was like 13 14 and trying to play the drums and then kind of gave up on that still kind of kicked myself for that a little bit but when you have that 4-4 pattern, it's so natural for people to listen to where when you're trying to be so technical and take them on that journey, it's somewhere they're able to sit in that pocket as well and explore from there, but always come back to that. So there will still relate to the technical side along with the flowing style that you're trying to work with. Exactly. And I think that's where a lot of bands, my thing is I say some bands, you know, they love their like albums and all of a sudden they just like, they get too good for their own good. <laughs> And it loses the bob. You can no longer you can no longer have your dad walk into the room and say, I don't really like this, but I can go like this to it the whole time. You know, like that's that's the idea. To me, that's what writing a good song is. And that's not to to shit on people that want to be crazy technical. We need those guys. Those guys teach me. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if you're trying to be and uh, you're trying to have a wider audience, you know, it's always just a safe bet to to stick in the four four and just experiment with all the polyrhythms in between. See, that makes a lot of sense. And the way you described it too was the bands that are going super technical and are trying so many of these crazy things, you might not necessarily be hitting with that popular audience like some of those ones that are just sticking with more of that 4-4 four, four pattern that are keeping it simple to the point where, again, people that are really into it can get really into it, but people that aren't as into it can still kind of bother to be like, you know what, might not be my style, but I'm enjoying the beat, I'm enjoying the flow so I can at least enjoy going through this song. And there's people that really like the technical stuff too. I mean, take a look at like the proficiency of what Tool does with their writing. I mean, there's a lot of people mm -hmm. that get into it, but there's a lot of people that kind of stay away from it too, just because they're not as into that kind of a style and it might be a little bit too technical for their own taste. It makes sense. So there's always trying to find those inspirations between keeping that popular rhythm, keeping that popular beat so that people can still get into it. Well, also, if you're still wanting to be technical, how can you put all of that in there together so you're still satisfying what you want to do in the song, which it's your art, so that's an important piece of it, but at the same time, still casting that net to hit that wider audience. It's a tough game to play, but especially when you're writing music, especially on your end, when you're doing this all yourself as well, 
you're really able to focus in on that and really understand exactly what everything is going for, what each piece is going towards. And you're able to mold it in your own mind, in your own head and work with each piece of instrumentation to go and achieve that goal. Yeah, exactly, dude. You just, you know, <laughs> be as technical as you want, but I always say, just keep it in the 4-4, baby, because it just, you know, it just makes sense. And, and no matter what, it doesn't matter who you are. Would you rather go like this or go like, you know, like you can't bob to that shit, you know, at least like, you know, on an everyday listen, at least for me. But anyway. yeah, I, I understand where you're going from too, because there are times where I'm feeling I'm just like, I kind of want to just have the craziness going through there. But if I'm driving around, it's like, you know, you just want to have something that's going to sit in your comfort zone. That 4-4 time just feels so natural. And that comes to anybody. So it, it just it just works. Or any kind of like smaller variation. Like if you want to go a little bit with 2-4 time, that just it still works. It's just having that consistency behind it where it's not, you're constantly changing type signatures where all of a sudden I'm bobbing. All of a sudden now it's like, ah, where am I going over here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you, the natural thing, you know, you just want to go like this. Don't confuse me. Okay. It's hard enough to go like this sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And that was one thing I noticed even going through Pegasus as well, where a lot of the times going through those songs, it's yeah, you went through a lot of different ideas here. You really experimented with a lot of different feelings, a lot of different styles to really go within, you know, you look at not welcome and it sits right within your pocket, but then you go to some other songs again, go to you wish and you just have that heavier side of it. And it really drives forward, but then like go all the way to the back end with play the beast. And it's just like, you're going somewhere completely different with it, but it still has that feel where you can have someone come in and just still kind of bop to it back and forth and still get into it. Even if it is something that is much more stylistically, stylistically different than what they're used to. Yeah. 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 I, I tried my best not to go too crazy. Like the, my previous album, Mr. Payne was a bucket of ideas that were finished basically, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So and, and I felt at the time it was probably going to be my last album. So I was like, I just want to just show the world how diverse I really am because I, I felt at the time they, they hadn't seen it enough. And uh, I did that. But on this album, I was like, I want to be more linear, you know, and as you can see, other than like, you know, there's a couple songs that kind of, you know, are a little bit heavier than others and that, but they're all for the most part, hard rock songs, um, aside from the one you were just speaking on play the beast, which is, you know, your kickback chill. And that, you know, I think every album needs one of those, honestly, it just, just because for the sake of like, say you have a girlfriend that doesn't listen to metal, she can listen to that song and now she accepts that band, you know? <laughs> okay. That actually makes a lot of sense even. Cause I'm thinking about, I, I can't, I think it was had to be patient 67 had a meme where it was like the first nine songs from metalcore band. And you just see like the picture of Mike Wazowski, just like going crazy. And all of a sudden you see the tempo and it's just, but it's kind yeah. of that same thing where it just shows a little bit more diversity. I even think about Ice Nine Kills with the Silver Scream where you listen to that album and it still has all the heavy horror pieces behind it. But then you go to a grave mistake and it has so much more of this like calming, flowing, hard rock feel to it. Where if your girlfriend doesn't like metal, she's probably going to like that song. Yeah, exactly. Like we we did that in The Mice and Men, you know, on the Flood album. You know, I we we actually put two soft songs on that. Surprisingly, I, I, I was like baffled that they allowed me to do that, you know, because this was like a metal band. I was like all right, well, if you guys want to roll with it, I ain't complaining, dude. So, and it worked because damn, I is the last I heard is this, uh, when you can't dream at night or when you can't sleep at night. I don't know. I've written like, there's a saga happening. I can't remember what's which anymore, but, uh, it was like the highest played song on that album. And, and that's like, because the demographic is wider. When you, when you limit yourself to just metal, you don't get those people. When you, when you're a metal band and you put that soft song on, if it's really good, 
then boom, you know, then the, the, the audience gets bigger. Yeah, even think about Take Bad Omens, for instance, with Just Pretend, where it was not nearly the heaviest song they've ever written or even the heaviest song on uh, Death of Peace of Mind. But it was something that it just connected with so many different people where now they're growing at a massive, massive rate. And when you go see them live, it's like they'll still go back in and play a good amount of the heavy stuff, too. And we're still going crazy. But there's so many people that are there because they're picking up on some of the more softer, soothing kind of songs just because that's what they like. That's what they're used to. Not everyone likes metal. And for the bands that are continuing to grow, continue to gain a larger audience, they're able to connect in pop culture by hitting on more of those wider net type songs. Again, Ice Nine Kills has done it. Um, trying to think. I've seen some of the bands that are blunt on TikTok, like Catch Your Breath. They're starting to hit on with that. Um, even some of the heavier ones too, just some of the cool stuff they end up putting in there. They end up hitting on that and they end up growing as well. It just, Sleep Token is another great one as well. It just all works in together to the point where the heavy fans can get into it. But there's songs that are softer where even the heavier music listening fans can still feel the emotion there and connect with it while still casting to a wider audience. Yeah, it's it's also just a part of a, you know, a writer or band's evolution. You know, a lot of people can say you're softening out, you you know, you you abandoned your fans and you're you sold out, blah blah blah. It's like not really like if if you really knew basically all these bands and like most people, most people in bands, they like so much different types of music. Like I didn't even like metalcore when I joined in my cement. I didn't like it at all. So I was all listening to Incubus and Deftones and Tool and stuff and classic rock. But but it, but that's what it's all about. It's about, you know, all these people with different uh, outlets of music all coming together to make their own sound. And as you grow as an artist, you're able to write these songs you kind of always wanted to write because you've gotten better. Like maybe you weren't good at writing more softer radio ballady songs when you were you know, a teenager writing deathcore and now you've grown up and you've matured. And also the benefit is not only have you gotten better at writing songs, um, you're getting a wider demographic from it too. And it's just helping your business. Cause at the end of the day, people fail to realize and think that bands just, you know, that it's that money just grows on trees or whatever. Like, no, this is a business. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's premeditated and they do sell out. Uh, but you know, this day and age, if you're not, unless you're in the pop world, um, that that it's not like that. Like these people that are doing this music and changing their sound to f- get a wider demographic are doing it because they just love, probably love different types of music. And also, we can't be doing scream deathcore. I mean, you can, but ideally, when you're 50 years old, you don't really want to be doing that, right? You want to do stuff that that just grows with you because you're a human being that's evolving. You know, let it happen. So that make that does make sense too. And I always think about asking Alexandria in that because I remember when their like a house on fire album came out, and a lot of people are still claiming about how they weren't like the first two albums anymore. They weren't that heavier, more metalcore style band, which is what I was asking Alexandria. I like their older stuff more, their newer stuff. But I think it was their guitarist said, you know, compared to where they were then in like 2008, 2009, to where they were in 2020, you know, they're older. A lot of them are married. They have kids. They have a different view on the world. And as times change, they connect with different kinds of music. They like different kinds of things and they want to experiment and they want to put that into their own sound. And do you have to like it? I mean, it depends upon your taste, but I respect the fact that they end up going and still making music that they absolutely enjoy because I don't want a band to make an album that I want and they hate it and then that's it. No, 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 no. Even if I'm not a big fan of it, there's probably other fan- people that are big fans of that new style. So let let it roll. Let it keep going. And hopefully, you know, if I go see them live, they're going to play some of the old stuff because why not? But if they're not, I can always go back to the recorded versions and still check that out. 
as musicians continue to grow, I mean, as people, we continue to grow. I, I didn't even like metalcore really up until 2018. And now I listen to it all the time. I was always listening to like hard rock and punk rock, which I still do. But um, as time goes on, you know, I just connect with different things. Bands are the exact same way as well. Artists are the exact same thing as well. And they're going to put that in their music and continue to grow with it going forward. So even seeing from your end as well, like you said, when you joined the Mice and Men, you really weren't even into metalcore at that point. And now, you know, you're listening to everything you put together on Pegasus and there's more of a hard rock base to it, but you're starting to dip into some other things as well all across that spectrum. And you've been dipping into some more of the metalcore styles too, especially with You Wish. So you're still getting that, but you're getting a much larger array because yeah, money doesn't grow on trees, but also as humans, we change over time. You're not the same person you were 10 years ago. I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. So why are other artists going to be that be like the same exact way and make the same exact style of music over and over and over again as time changes? Yeah, it's as simple as this. Would you want to eat chicken breast and rice every day for an entire year for the rest of your life, right? You don't, right? You need to change it up. You got it. You got to vary it up. You grow something. You're over it now. You know, it's real simple. You know, the fa fans are vicious in that way. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it the proof is in the pudding. Most of these people that are doing what they love or are growing as songwriters, you, their success is growing, you know, so, but there's other bands that do it, you know, and you're just like, uh oh, you know, <laughs> like they just didn't hit the mark. And then you then you feel the whole they sold out like they didn't really. But maybe maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. But yeah, you know, there are rare occasions where people just don't hit the mark. But I'm seeing a lot of bands, especially in the metal world uh evolving in a good mm -hmm. direction i think it's awesome to see um you know it's maybe not still not my cup of tea but i can see that they're 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 challenging themselves to write better songs more memorable more timeless songs because let's face it some of these metal most of these metalcore songs are going to be nobody's going to care they're they're not timeless you know it's it's when they start getting serious with their songwriting and connecting with the listener as an individual and evoking those emotions in you whatever they may be sad happy whatnot but really connecting with you because words melody the combination of rhythm and beat they all mold an emotion you know and you know that's a science in itself that is something i've never heard really anyone say but it does make a lot of sense too because i mean even think about think about grunge music back in the 90s there's a lot of grunge bands that came out that probably made some incredible music but you're really only connecting and really only listening to, you know, what the, the, the big four from grunge anymore. And that's really it. Just still listening to like, you know, Alice in Chains, listening to Nirvana again, listening to still old Soundgarden, listening to Pearl Jam. That's pretty much it. Like you're not listening to anything else around there, but it, it does make sense to where metalcore eventually it's going to get to a point in time where what, when it comes down to it, people are really only going to listen to like, maybe like bring me the horizon Semper Eternal album, maybe something from maybe architects, Holy hell album or a little bit older than that older parkway drive like kill switch engage who knows what it might be but yeah, there are yeah. going to be a lot of them that are going to fall by the wayside just given the fact that this is what happens over time and it's the bands and the artists that create those timeless uh, tracks that just connect with people on an individual level and find a way to make those melodies that are earworms that just never leave your mind stick in there and again see where metal is going in right now there's a lot of bands out there i think bad omens is a great example of it include and bring me the horizon as well where they're challenging themselves they're writing new kinds of music and it's sticking with people and stuff that's going to stick for the long term even see what you did on pegasus as well there's a lot of things that you're challenging yourself with with different styles and different takes who knows what might happen especially in a year or two years from now some one of these songs might just absolutely hit and take off 
and then becomes one of those timeless tracks just based on the fact that people are able to connect with it on that individual level. It very well could happen, and then it just transcends space and time at that point. If it, if the Beatles didn't connect with people on an individual basis during that time period and made songs that are very easy to listen and get into, they wouldn't be as timeless as they are today. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And it's just something that really stands out. And one thing that you said earlier really kind of just stuck in my head when you said when you wrote Mr. Payne, you released it, you thought that was going to be your last album. Why did you think that? I'm really curious to hear this. Oh, wow. Um well, when I wrote that album, well, around that time, I, I had recently become sober after being, a, you know, a near death hospitalization multiple times, alcohol seizures, alcohol seizures, alcoholic for like 10 years. And it was I didn't drink because I was just wanting to drink. I, I, I have an injury that I s still suffer with and I'm in prison and pain 24 seven with I have nerve damage and chronic fatigue. And it was just like I was on tour all the time. And the only thing to like really, you know keep me going was drinking and then that just turned into okay well then wake up each day i gotta put get, gotta get my medicine right and uh it just destroyed me so when i went into that album i was like i'm just gonna give it what i got uh i don't know i don't think i'll ever be able to tour or do this anymore i'll probably never have another opportunity to uh to make this happen so i just want to give it give it a little bit of a hail mary you know like if this is my exit i want you to remember that this is what i was capable of and, and it could have been great. It could have been more, but it didn't happen. And that's kind of what it was. But instantly after I released that album, which was a hell to get through, just like any album these days, uh, aside from uh, 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 Pegasus, it was a little bit easier than, you know, <laughs> some I've had in the past. But, uh, you know, uh, it just... Oh, yeah, right after, right after that album was dropped. Sorry, I lost track for a second there. Uh, uh, it just like that fire just got underneath me and I just saw, oh, my fans aren't going to let this go. Like they all came together and basically funded that whole album's experience. And it, it just, you know, it was like a jaw dropping experience. Like you can't give up on these people. If they're willing to 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 help you make this happen, like you can't give up now. And it just lit that another fire under my my belt. And uh, here we are, you know, that that is powerful to hear, too, especially when it comes from. A lot of people, just even from my mindset, listening to that story and thinking, you know, as time goes on, there are things that we just uh, attach ourselves to just to get through the day and th and that's it. And for you, it was alcohol just so that, you know, you could kind of numb the pain of everything that was going on. And then when you put that out there, it's like, okay, this is it. This is what I was capable of. But at the same point in time, after listening, after seeing the fans being, you know, helping you fund pretty much the whole entire thing, wanting to see this happen and wanting to see more, it kind of lit that spark back up in you to really figure out what you could do to kind of get back on the right track, how you could focus in once again to make sure that you were continuing to do things that you always fell in love with and you always love to do and not let something else take that away from you to really continue on. It's a powerful thing to really get behind and if anyone's kind of, you know, stuck on something or addicted to something or just has to have you something as a crutch, find a way to break through that and find a way to, you know, become better off of that. It's tough to have to go through. It's tough to ask for help, but it's a lot better to make that change and ask for that help because it's going to make sure that you are better and present in the long run for not only, you know, yourself, your friends, your family, but the people that care about you as well. Yeah. My thing is that what I say is every day, that you don't make that change 
adds a day of the recovery process when you do. And it's true because what I came to find when I quit alcohol, I had 10 years of emotional damage that I suppressed. Right. So I, I got rid of my pacifier. I was like a little baby. Right. Like I could not, I didn't know how to feel my emotions, dude. Like it was all up and down. I was basically having bipolar episodes because every time I was sad in pain, anything it was depression, and then like two to three shots later, all right, let's go, you know, and, and I was fixed, but now I had to face all of those things I suppressed head on all at once, all at once. So think about that every day that you procrastinate this, every emotion that you suppress with some type of substance, you're going to have to face that situation, every single one of them, add them up when you quit and it's going to make it that much harder and don't have that intimidate you to never quit because there's only two one there's only one or two options here you continue to do that you end up dying or destroying everybody around you and hurting everybody in your life or you do it it's really hard but once you break through then you're just you're just a badass now now you're an example you're an example of somebody that got through the hardest shit ever and now you can help others around you and and lead by example right yeah, and, and you are that example too right now. And I love the way that you described it too, where, you know, if you're, there's two options. One is to not make that change where it's, you're not going to have to deal with that intensity of having to make that change right away, which a lot of people are scared of. But then the, in the long term, it's, you're still continuing to have to live with that pain, live with that, like, you know, that mental suffering and trying to block that out. And it'll eventually, you know, consume you to the point where when you die, it's been you know, a whole part of your life. And it sucks, but it also takes away so many other things from life, so many other things you might be able to do, so many other opportunities you could have, and so many other things that, you know, you, again, you could do these things, but you're not doing them because you're so ingrained and stuck in this piece where when you try and break away from that and make that change, it is hard. It is intense and it absolutely sucks for that first period of time. But after you break through it the rest of the way, it's like the doors open up, the gates open up and you have this like feeling of freedom to just go forward and, Hey, I want to try this. I want to go do this. I want to think about this. You're not stuck with these emotions. You're actually processed through them. You're not having to rely on something as a crutch to get you through this stuff. You're able to go through it head on, full force, and as present as possible. And that's where the real change starts to get made within life. 100%. Yeah, man. You just got to do it. You know, it, it's supposed to be hard. Okay. Life's not easy. But but here's something I think people fail to uh, to remember is you only got one life You as far as we know. Mm. Uh, so you got only you only got one shot. Are you really gonna waste your one shot? Your one shot, right? It seems like yesterday I was five years old. Now I'm about to be thirty six. So my one shot in life on just wasting it away and just pit and living in my own self pity. Are you gonna freaking try? At least try and be an example. Especially if you have kids, man. If you have kids and stuff and you're dealing with that shit, like just remember. They're picking up on that and you need to be an example. You need to, if you are, if you do go find yourself in that, show them that it's possible to break free from it and be a bigger, better, stronger man or woman, you know? Yeah. And, and the other thing you just said too, that just stick stuck on my mind completely was, you know, it, it, we have one shot in life and we only have a, and like there's time it just kind of flies by where you can remember maybe vividly when you were younger, when you were five years old. And now it's like for you, you're coming out of 36 and it's like, holy shit, you know? 
all that time happened within there. And if you were still living with all that, all that stuff that was going on, all those emotions that you were present and still depending on alcohol to get you through the day, you know, you wouldn't be where you are now. You might still be in that dependent state and you might just still be, you know, kind of a shell of what you are today, not really experiencing the fullness of the life that you want to have, that you can have. I think about it from this perspective as well for myself. The day we're recording this, I kind of look back at my calendar. I'm like, oh, kind of what happened on this day? Just curiosity. I'm like 10 years removed from like my first day moving out of uh, out of the house going to college 10 years ago. And it feels like literally I can remember that day perfectly, which is insane. And it's like, okay, what happened in those 10 years? I've gone through a hell of a lot. But one of the biggest choices I ever made was trying to start this podcast up and see where it took me. And, you know, I look back at it and I didn't rely on, you know, trying to these other things or just relying on these things that are just slowly making me feel better during the worst period of my life. I tried to find a way to make a change, started making a change, found something I'd like to pay potentially to do, gave it a shot. And boom, now I'm talking to you about this. Like, this is what happens when you make those changes. You go through again, that first wave of intensity, but it gets so much better right after that, where you're living the rest of your life with that one shot as open and as free as possible to go and pursue whatever you want to pursue and be the best person you can be for yourself, for your family, for your kids, for your friends, for everyone else that cares about you. Yeah, man, the world, the world needs more people that um, can prevail through that shit. It's such a cool thing to see. I mean, I mean, everybody loves some uh, story, seeing somebody fall down, right? Everybody mm-hmm. loves seeing somebody's life get destroyed, but we love seeing somebody uh, break through and, and uh, prevail more you know at least for me like i love seeing somebody like come from the gutter and shine dude like that's what's up because then it inspires you and say well shit if he can do it i can (laughs) you know yeah and it's like taking a look from your perspective for being that example it's after mr paint thought it was going to be your last album and then there's a lot of bands that might think the exact same way but all of a sudden oh shit you know now it's a couple years later and you're coming out with pegasus brand new album made into like made independently completely by yourself as well like you record this whole thing yourself as you. Of course, you had your, one of the greatest producers of all time, Joey Sturgis, producing the album as well. Always want to give him a shout out. But still, from the fact of the matter is, you put yourself in that position to make that change. You put yourself in that position to get that comeback story. And now everyone's looking back like, holy shit, he could have been, this could, this could we could have been without Daisha. We could have had no more of your music from Shaley. You could have had no more of it. But we're getting more of it and he's in a much better place. That's the kind of comeback story we can all get behind because it's something that can inspire us to make those positive changes in our lives every step of the way going forward. Yeah. You got to guys, you just got to, you know, I can, I could talk all day about this, you know, like, <laughs> dude, you got to pull your head out of your ass, man. You know, stop whining. I mean, you know, you're, you're, we're grown adults and we just need to fight, dude. That's what it's all about. Just fight to the, till you die is what is, what is the meaning of life? Well, I don't know, but what I do know is that I wake up each day and I fight, to 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 um to live my my dreams those little things those little goals i make for myself you know i guess that's it and if that's it then i don't care i'm just gonna be the best at that then you know yeah i i think about it too where it, like when that point in time comes where i'm laying on my deathbed or right about to you know call it quits and move on to whatever's after this life if there is anything after it of course we don't know what i want to have happen is when i take a look back in life I'm not thinking about the things I wish I did. I, I want to be thinking about the things that I did and the great times I had and the great life that I lived. I don't want to be thinking about, man, I wish I did this. I wish I did that. I've been able to go to like, you know, nursing homes when my grandpa's in the VA hospital and I'm going to visit him and talk to some of the other people and always hearing about the things they wish they did, the, the, the businesses they wish they started, the family they wish they had. 
but the things that they did instead of that and the regret they had, you can see it in their eyes. And the last thing I want to do is have that look in my eyes and have that feeling that I saw on their face at the end of this. So I think about that too. Anytime, you know, things aren't going well and maybe I'm starting to slump into something like that, you know, got to pull my head out of my ass because the last thing I want to do is think about, you know, what it could be like being on your deathbed, looking your own self in the mirror and only seeing regret. Yep. I agree. Man, we just got super deep on that. Holy shit. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Oh, no, I love going super deep on that because then, of course, we get to know a little bit more about you. We get to know a little bit more about what your thought process is. And then when it comes to, of course, getting back into Pegasus, where your mindset even was going into this so we can get a better appreciation for your writing style and even understand maybe a little bit more of the emotional topics that you put in there so that we can relate to them in our own way. It gives me a little bit of a greater perspective on the album as a whole. And I want to even go back to it once again after this conversation with that mindset knowing this story and really taking it all in because it could be even more powerful and more impactful for me personally because of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I got, I got to ask about this because again, it's a new album and you made it all your, like, again, all yourself, one man show. What was that like? Because that's absolutely insane. That's like, you know, Dave Grohl first album for the Foo Fighters type energy. Um, well for me, you know, it has its moments where it, you know, I'm kind of in a slump, but uh, writing and tracking the songs were probably the the least hardest part for me. Um, the hardest part is dealing with multiple people, unprofessional people that just put a knot in your stomach. They're late. They're disrespectful. They don't do this. They don't do that. You're constantly, you're tra- constantly trying to bite your tongue. You know, that's what really kills me. And uh, that was the hardest thing for me to deal with. I mean, I had a, a quite a, I had a few people, you know, that were on top of it, but um, there was a lot of people that I was constantly just really struggling to, to get them to, to respect me enough to, to do what they said they're going to do, or at the very least, if they can't do it, um, be a professional and find a solution for me, you know, but nobody has that mentality, only me, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that was pretty much it. I mean, it was... Yeah, it's just like, that's just what I do. It's like breathing air, you know, there I find I find moments where I do get stuck on and a lot of these songs I've been writing through the course of, you know, well, I've been writing this album and these songs are demos for the course of like four years. So some were more recent, some were, you know, that. So like the way that I write is the first initial shit demo. I don't know what I'm writing. I'm just like getting it out, right? Mm-hmm. I record whatever. It's kind of like a crappy structure or half a song or whatever. And I sit on it. I put it in my my pile. And then I come back to it and I, you know, I picked the songs that I felt or by the, you know, a year ago when I decided to do this adventure, I picked out the songs that I wanted to be on the album and I honed in on them. I re-recorded all of them uh, and just went to town, you know, and got them to a place that I believed was was really um, close to the finished product because I know working with Joey, you know, uh, he's just so good at what he does and the more prepared i am the better he can be at his job in a way i guess i mean he's good at his job no matter what but i'm putting him in a position that he's probably normally not around a lot so it gave him more freedom to be like okay well rather than trying to figure out what part to go next we have that figured out let's let's figure out how to make this part even better you know because that's the thing you get you get people that most people that enter a studio most of these bands i hate to break the news to everyone but most of your favorite metalcore bands they walk into the studio they got about four riffs maybe one song and then the producer puts everything together and they write it and co-writers and whatnot or they don't even they're not even in the studio somebody just records the whole song and you just have the singer come in there and track that that's really what's happening 
Um, so Joey got an opportunity to work with me, which I would never go into a studio like that if, if I have full control over it. You know, I definitely walked into studios with songs that weren't finished. But, you know, the idea is to walk into no less than about 75 percent there. You know, don't put all this weight on. And, you know, that's a lot of frustration and time, you know, that you, and money you can save too. like just do your job, dude. Just do it before you get there. Be prepared. Uh, but yeah, it was cool, though. It was cool that we were able to uh, I was able to get the songs to that level. And we, we were able to take that time because I only was in the studio tracking vocals for 10 days. So, you know, rather than a month, you know, most bands would take to do the whole album. So it saved a lot of cost on time and money. But Joey did come out here for four days because he's the homie. And he's sitting right here. And we were going through and doing pre-pro. And he was working on the drums and stuff. Because my thing is, for the most part, all the guitars and bass are great. I didn't re-record any of those. Um, but the drums, uh, I had all the drum beats there. But I just wanted him to spice them up, you know? So he did. He did his magic, which some of these parts, like, he, he elevated some of my cool, like, little ghost note things to a whole another level. I'm like... Ah, oh, see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's where I feel like I get choked up on because it gets so redundant, man. You know, by the time you finally get the song to that place, now you have to sift through the drums and hear this beat over and over again. You're just, your brain gets burnt. So that's why, to me, it's very important to have a producer come in and overlook and help you achieve that last 10% you were going for. Because I'm telling you, one song, sure, I could do it. But 10 songs all at once, like, no way, dude, I'm only one person. and My mind can only think of so many ideas. And it's crazy how much you you forget to do. And then you walk with the producer and you're like, why didn't I think of that? Like, that was right in front of me. But you're just, you know, you're thinking about five zillion things happening at once in your session. It's hard to think about that one sometimes. <laughs> Oh, that's that's very understandable. And it's great that you were able to, you know, work with Joey on that and come to the table with so much already there so that when it came to him coming in, he could just do his magic and really focus in on what he's able to do to say, okay, he, we know what part's coming next. We know what part's coming from here to there. This is already built out. This is already put together. We don't have to really build everything out from here. But when it comes to like the drum specifically, you want that spice to really happen in there to make sure that everything that you wanted after the instrumentation from the guitars, from the bass, from where your vocals are going to be, that those drums are going to be able to pop and, and have that spice in a certain way where they were able to stand out but continue to work within the entire song and not overpower everything. And that was one thing I really took away from the album as a whole was listening to the drums throughout the whole entire thing. I really enjoyed everything that was going about with them because as you went from one part to the next, it kept the song flowing, but it was something where you hit some of those fills, you hit some of those transitional pieces, and it all made sense. And sometimes they were a little bit louder than the other parts, but at the exact same time, it's when it was needed. It was something having a producer come in there like Joey with that mindset, with that focus in on that piece where you might be focusing in on everything else and you're just hearing that drum pattern over and over and over again. One song you may be able to focus on, like you said, for 10 songs. It, it can get kind of boring, but having someone that has that just certain mind to really focus in on something like that, really hone in and use that kind of skill. I mean, you guys sitting in that, you know, him sitting in that chair with you working on everything for four days. It, it, it shows that it was well worth it and that everything you put together and really making it so that their job is a lot easier and they can just focus in on instead of having to help, you know, put, put the pieces together, the piece are together. It's how do we elevate these pieces to make sure that your vision and what you wanted these songs to sound like is what's going to be on the final output. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, it, it was a great, he's, he, you know, he's the man and I love Joey. And I knew that 
his attention to detail would show. Um, I, cause I, you know, I'm probably his biggest, uh, or he's like one of my biggest idol, idols. And I, you know, the reason, you know, it's crazy because the reason why I got my songs to the level that they were to present to him was because of him. And this isn't what he told me. This is just me working with him from a mice and men and seeing his whole watching and soaking up everything he was doing. Cause I never worked with somebody as talented with him as him and just seeing how fast and magical he was. And I was like, Oh, so that's how you, that's, that's to me. When I saw that, I was like, that's what great being great is. Well, I want to be great too. So this whole time, I'm obviously, I want to, I'm just following in his footsteps. Like he's like, my my idea of what a great producer is so i just watch everything he does and i go okay that's how you do things so so when i got here like i would say like so many things were just like what would joey do you know <laughs> like what would joey do here he would probably do that and, and and i would think ahead for him so when he got here he wouldn't like there's probably so many parts that if they weren't there he would obviously have done but i had already thought of what he was gonna think you know <laughs> so we're just a good team i think you know, we, we have really high respect for one another and we're both, we're just a, a perfect match for, for something great, man. I mean, if you love or hate the album, you can't deny sonically it's bad or like the songs aren't at least at the very least well-written. You may not like them, but you know, they're well-written. <laughs> well, well, when you go in a album and you are experimenting with a lot of different things sonically, the one thing is, is especially as people, you know, there's certain song, song, certain songs, certain sounds that we're going to closely connect with. There's certain sounds and songs that we're going to be like, okay, that's not necessarily where I'm coming from. So I'm not necessarily going to connect with it as much, or you're going to get the people that are going to be much more, you know, oh, this is awesome. This is what you should have been doing the whole album. And, oh no, this was terrible. You know what? That you do make a great point where when I went through the whole entire album, were there parts that I liked? Yes, there were parts that I liked. Were there parts where I was like, you know what? This song ain't for me. Yeah, because, you know, we're human. A lot of people might think that, especially an album that has a lot of different styles and sounds to it. I thought about that, about the Bad Omens, Death of Peace of Mind album, and it was one of my favorite albums from 2022. It, it happens like that. Some of my favorite bands, especially like a band like, well, my favorite band, Rise Against, there's certain albums of theirs where I'm like, I like certain songs, but there's certain things I don't like about this piece. I'm not going to praise everything. I got to have opinion on something. And if it, I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. But when it comes to Pegasus specifically, that was one thing that I did notice was when it came to the construction of these songs, sonically, the way they sounded, Everything that you were going for and everything that when it came to an emotional mindset piece that you're trying to put out there with this from the construction, from the way the notes are hitting, from the vocal patterns, everything about it, it hit. Sonically, every song hit. So it does make sense on there where even for the songs that you might not necessarily care about, you can still get into because sonically, they just connect with you in that way. Even if it's somewhere you're not connecting with it as heavily as something like for me, not getting as heavily as like you wish. However, even that last song that we talked about and uh, just want to make sure I get the name right, Play the Beast, I'm like, it's completely different. It's something that doesn't really fit into my realm. However, it's something that I couldn't deny just how good it actually was. Like it was somewhere I'm looking, I'm like, would I listen to this thing all the time? Probably not. But if yeah. I listen to it, is it something I'm actually going to get into and really enjoy? Actually, yes, based on the construction of it and based on the flow of it and based on how it just sinks into you as a sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. One thing's crazy, though, like speaking of like the sonics and stuff, this is kind of funny and, and not funny, but uh, really interesting if you're a nerd. Um, so like the snare, the snare in the album is very original and took us, I think, about uh, I think a, a total of three or four days playing with it. Not like constantly, obviously, just in and out in between things. 
tweaking stuff to achieve my idea of a snare. Now I, I, ever, I hear and see these visuals and I'm trying to tell them how to create them. I'm trying my best to be a producer and create these sounds yet, but I'm behind them, right? They're mm -hmm. above me. So they probably have a better luck. And maybe if I can explain it right. So they, they got the idea and we, uh, while we were working on the snare, you know, it was just like something about it was like either getting too lost or too p powerful. And we were trying to figure out how to get it to cut in the mix properly and have that snap and also have that room. So when you hear it crack, I mean, I'm just, I'm addicted to the, the snappy high tune snare, you know, punk rock, you know, all that stuff. Um, so Joey had this idea that he or heard or something. I don't think he ever used it, but he was like, he, he mentioned ID. He's like, well, there's this technique we can do where we get a white noise, a sound of white noise, you know, white noise, just mm -hmm. like that sound. Basically what he, he did is he took a clip of white noise and he made it as a blip. So every time the snare hit a like, a couple milliseconds or something of white noise would hit with it and you blend it in. And what that does is it helps. I'm, I'm guessing maybe I, you know, I don't know all the scientific, but I think what it does is it kind of absorbs sound around it maybe to allow the snare to cut through more. It's like a scientific weird way of just kind of, cause mixing is science, dude. It's insane. Like I'm not even that great. I'm okay. But when I went over there and watched how they have such shit set up and was really analyzing it, I started to see like, okay, this is like, uh, this is like something else guys. Like this is crazy. And then I also got to sit in on the mixes. So I was like basically directing it. Like they got it to a place where, you know, they believed was close enough to my idea. And then they were so gracious enough to allow me to actually sit in with, or I sat in with Nick, the guy that mixed it. And, you know, they were cool with it. Cause I thought they weren't going to be, cause you know, if you're a mixing guy and you have somebody like, sitting on your mix you know it can it most of the time you know they're going to keep telling you to do things and they don't know how to describe them and they're you know they're it's just such an annoying hassle and it could make the album worse because they don't know what they're talking about but luckily the past like you know six years or so i've been honing in on that craft and understanding all these logistics and under and, and things and how things can react so when they allowed me to do that it made the whole revision process just skyrocket faster i mean it was hard because I'm technical. So, and, and I didn't really understand, like, if I make this change, how would the re mix re mix react? You know what I mean? That's a thing that people don't keep in mind when they do revisions for their songs is like, I want to turn the bass up. Well, sometimes when you do that, it takes away from other things. And then you get the mix back and you're like, well, now the vocals are too quiet. And then you got to turn the vocals up. Then you're there all day, just going like this, right? Rather than they let me sit in and I got to see a screen and hear it in real time. And I was just like, nah, turn that one up just about 0.2 0.02 dBs, you know, stuff like that. We were going to like the inch and the T, like everything was just so just, just, just a little bit, you know, as close as we can get it. So everything you hear through the song flows. And it was one of the coolest uh, experiences I ever had. And I'm so thankful for, for Nick and Joey for allowing me to do that and trusting me like straight up. Cause I was like a little worried, not that not and, and here to be clear, not that they, I wasn't happy with their product. I was just worried that I have so much, um, you know, it, it's like, this means everything to me, like more than life itself. Right. And if I can't get it to where I want it to be, then in my mind, I'm going to fail. And it's not that they can't do it. It's just how the hell are they supposed to know what my brain is thinking and how I want things to sound sonically through like a couple texts and words, you know, so allowing me to sit in on that and really like explain and, and see what's happening and hear what's happening too, sped up the process. And it was just amazing. It was so fun. 
I had such a great time with Nick. We we laughed, we giggled, you know, we 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 worked hours. I mean, I think one day we did eight hours straight, just le legitimately, which is which it which is very very bad. Everybody, do not mix for longer than like two hours because your ears get blown. But we did it. We we ended up cleaning up what we did because the next day we listened to it and then we're like, holy crap, dude, the it's it's blowing out my ears. The high end is so bad because that's one thing that happens when you're mixing for a long time. The high end starts your ears start to push it down and correct it. So you could be like, oh, this sounds great. And the next day you wake up, you go in your car and it's just ear piercing because your ears have are, are getting fatigued. So you have to like keep cranking the highs to compensate for the fatigue that you're having. But yeah, luckily, you know, it was about three days of us working on it back and forth and uh, we got it there. And I was like, thank goodness, because, you know, like it had it had to have been it. There was no other way. If I if I wasn't if, if I was unhappy with this mix, like I would have been so miserable. Like and, it, and again, it wasn't that they they did it, the mix bad. It was that I have a high vision of what I want mm. and it needs to be achieved, especially on this <laughs> album. You know what I mean? So it was just great. They're the, they're the greatest team I've ever worked with. I can't thank them enough. And I really hope that, you know, in the future, we, we do some more stuff together, especially now that we have this awesome flow and rhythm and trust with one another, you know, and respect most importantly. I hope you guys continue to do stuff together as well. Just after listening, of course, to Pegasus, after hearing this whole entire story, I mean, you guys, again, like you said, working everything like that, that minute inch, that millimeter of it, it reminds me of like that. I think it was uh, from this movie, Any Given Sunday. It's like the guy that's willing to die is going to get that inch. So it's the people that are willing to go that extra mile. The people that are making sure that everything is worked down to that little, little bit where you're increasing 0.02 decibels just to get it right. That's what's going to end up taking these songs and pushing them over the edge in terms of taking a good song to a great song and a great song to a brilliant song when it comes to the sonic production of it. Plus, you going in with those ideas and able to present them from a, you know, a producer standpoint and explain them that way, having this idea of, you know, what would they do in this situation? What would they think? So that when it came time to make that happen, you had the flow, you had the consistency and you had the ability to work as easily as possible and achieve the greatness that you're able to and remove as many possible headaches so that when it came down to it, you got the songs that you wanted produced the best way possible. You had Nick and Joey help you out with this and help create this in your vision and make sure it was maximized on that vision to the umpteenth degree. It makes so much sense in terms of why you put so much effort into this and why it's so fantastic that, you know, we're getting Pegasus and that you didn't just stop after Mr. Payne, that Pegasus is coming out and sonically each song hits, even if the sound, even if the stylistic choices might not fit within your own personal taste for one song or two. Stylistically, you can't deny this album is great. Yeah, we we did our best to make it flow. We just wanted to just banger after banger after banger. You know, everybody worked so hard, dude. Like it, it it's so awesome to see. And you know, the, the the best thing that I love about it is how much respect you know they they had for me and trust for for like. You know, like, again, allowing me to sit in on, on the mixing and stuff. And, uh, you know, but but there's no way in hell without all of, of, of us, including John, too. I, I can't say their last names because I don't want to butcher them. But Nick and John, John did post-production. Now, John added a lot of this flair and synthesizers and slams and sounds and stuff and just took it to another level. Like, if it wasn't for the way that all four of us worked in tangent with one another, there's no way. The, the respect and the trust was so high that this is why this is this is this is how good great sonic sounding albums 
come out is when everybody trusts each other and respects each other. And that's, that's what I got, which was a treat and something I had, I don't, I haven't really had in my life before, you know, so that to me, this was a dream come true on so many, so many levels and, and it shines, you know, like do you, some of the shit Joey did, dude, like he even did some post-production shit. Uh, one, one uh, highlight of what he did. I remember I was sick and, and well, we haven't talked about this, but I was deathly ill going, recording this album. Uh, vocally and uh, had to go to the hospital dehydrated like migraines and I had to sing on that and I was like I took a break I was like I'm gonna go lay down dude like I, I, you know I was like literally on like 10% battery juice dude just like I could like everything was hard dude you know when you're you, it's like I had the flu but I didn't I got caught some weird virus but um, I won't go too far into that anyways I went upstairs laid down for like an hour right or something and then it was time for me to go back down and do something and I go back down. He's like, dude, you got to check this out. And uh, somebody was in there and said, like, yeah, he's been working on it for like an hour. It sounds awesome. And it's literally if you listen to You Wish going into the last chorus from the huge breakdown, there's this like, like riser sounding thing that just and then whips and then it hits the last chorus. And uh, he did that. But he, he, he was working on it so hard because he had to make it just right. And it, it's, it's crazy. These small little things may sound just like oh you just threw effect on there no dude we're man we're, we're hand making these a lot of these things we're having to like find a sound stretch it corrupt it you know just saturate it you know do all these crazy things just to evoke this emotion and this tension and then release and it's just amazing dude when i heard that i was like oh my god see that's why you're joking you know <laughs> why dude that's why you're here like i it needed that without that I don't know. Like it wouldn't have hit that hard because you got to think about it. you're coming from a crazy hard hitting chorus or our bridge, excuse me, going into the last chorus. And although the last chorus is a little bit more magical, you know, it, it, it now when I think about it, like there wasn't enough tension for that release, even though it was heavy and you're coming from a heavy part, having that tension where you're like in a horror movie and the, the violins are getting louder and dissonant, you know, and you're like, Oh, what's about to happen? You know, it just, it just right there. It hits and that emotion just explodes. And that is a prime example of a fantastic producer that understands contrast and uh, just, you know, overall sonics of a song. And again, again, I got to say just because of all the things you said, that trust factor really puts into play and sonically when it comes to Pegasus, when it comes to the album, when it releases on September 20, September 22nd. Yeah. Want to make sure I got the date right in my head. September 22nd, people are going to listen to it and it's going to be undeniably sonically brilliant. I mean, again, I'm not saying this because I'm just agreeing with what you're saying. I'm saying this because I listened the whole entire thing multiple times already before we started recording this. And I agree every step of the way. I mean, it is, it works. It's fantastic. It's sonically brilliant. So Thank you, man. it's something where as this comes out, people are going to be like, God damn, they're going to continue to support it. Like they did with you wish continue to support it. Like they just did, of course, with the release of not welcome. And then it's going to be once more day shall come out. What's going to come next. What's going to come next. That's the excitement's going to come in. And I hope to God that you continue to work with Joey, Nick, just keep flowing with this up because you got the you guys you guys work so well together and if we're going to continue to get sonic stuff like this in so many different styles and so many different ideas i'm just curious to see what else you're going to come up with throughout the rest of your career man because this was a one hell of a treat to go through yeah i believe too if we do do work together the thing is it was a little little 
you know, there's always like a learning curve. You know, I haven't worked with Joey in since of um, uh, Mice and Men. And that was way back in the day when he wasn't the Joey he is today. And, you know, there's a learning curve, right? You're like, you're understanding, like, is this going to upset him if I say this? <laughs> like, you know, you're always kind of just kind of like, I don't know. And, and you, you kind of think things. But after it's all said and done, you're like, holy shit, we just figured out how to work as a team the most uh, beneficial way. And it's awesome because we're now like if we were to do something now, oh, game over, because we already have an amazing flow and we have that trust and we've already worked out all these kinks on how to work with each other. So I can't wait. And I really hope, you know, if I, you know, in the near future, hopefully, or next year, we at least do one song and see how how much faster and awesome it's going to be now that we have this full understanding of how each other work and how we can work together to make something cool i mean you have i'm, I'm getting trying to be people uh, i'm trying to get people excited for the release of pegasus coming up and you're getting me excited for what's going to come after this already like yeah, i forgot dude the album's not even out <laughs> it's like damn shay you're keep you're you're, you're just going to keep this rolling where all of a sudden it's you already got i'm trying to get other people excited for what's about to come and you're already getting me excited for what's going to come after this like <laughs> i know dude sorry dude it just doesn't stop, dude. I'm relentless. It doesn't stop. You're relentless, and I love it. And Shay, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, one thing I'd like to do is give you a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug, run a plug, promote, or promote at the end of the podcast. So, my friend, the floor is yours. All right. Well, first of all, thank you to my amazing, diehard, just awesome fans for making this all possible. Straight up, this is possible because of them. Their belief in me, sure, I always say this. I may be the captain of the ship, but I'm only as strong as my crew. You know what I mean? And they were my crew in this, and they believed in me. They made sure that we reached that goal and surpassed it. They trusted that I would deliver, and so far, nobody's really complaining. <laughs> I haven't heard one complaint from these people. They're super stoked, so I did deliver. Um, you know, the album does come out September 22nd, which is actually a day after my birthday. And uh, it actually comes out the night of my birthday because it comes out at 12 o'clock. I'm in Cali, so it's 9 a.m. there here at the at that time. So it comes out on my birthday. So, you know, just do me a favor, maybe pick up a physical copy or some merch, you know, or maybe and if you don't have nothing, just, hey, just share it. You know, that's all I care about. You know, let's just keep this uh, train of train of running. Um, shout out to obviously Joey, Nick and John. I love them to death. Couldn't have done it without them. Shout out to all my friends and family for making this happen. It's just unbelievable that we're almost here and I'm, and I'm here talking to you and it's just great guys. I'm, I'm just, I'm just jacked and I can't wait for the world to hear it. And also let's get some other, let's get some more new music happening. Right. Let's, let's go. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. I love the way it now it's after me in this podcast with three things. First things first, when it comes to Pegasus, which comes out on September 22nd, or when it come actually actually releases fully, it'll be on Shay's birthday. So first off, go wish the man a happy birthday on his birthday. Second off, go check out Pegasus when it releases. The best we can do that is going to be, you know, streaming it, downloading the album, buying it, getting some physical merch. Best way to follow along and on social media as well, on YouTube. Best way to do that, go to the description of the podcast where it says Find Dayshell Online. There's going to be links and labels for everything down there. Social media, YouTube, where you can get the physical copies, where you can get some merch, where you can follow along with Dayshell, and of course, where you can stream the album when it comes out. So you can pre-save it before it comes out, or if this is after the episode or after the album releases when you're watching this 
boom, it's going to be down there for you to listen to as well. So I'm taking care of all the hard work for you. All you got to do is click and go from there. Now it's time for number two. Shay, whenever I have guests on the podcast, I enjoy having on the podcast. I tend to make a certain promise as a way to say, first off, thank you for taking the time for me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And secondly, I would like to continue to support your band, which is Dayshell and you, because you are Dayshell, any way I can in the future. And this is my promise, and you absolutely hit on this. It's not an if. I hate saying if because if implies this might not happen. I say when because it will happen. We just have to find a date and time. When I get to see you perform live for the first time, I always like to go Liam Neeson, everybody, because I will look for you. I will find you. I will pursue you. <laughs> I, I, know, I know you got sober, so when I say first round's on me, it's whatever you want, man. I don't care what it is. Whatever you want, it's on me. Shirley Temples are my jam, dude. Got you covered on that one. So we will take care of that. So absolutely, I got to make sure that happens. So whenever you're coming around, you know, the Midwest area. So if it's like, oh, you're in Milwaukee, Chicago. Um, If it's Chicago, I'm like, yeah, that's no biggie. I'm making the trip there all the time anyway. So boom, we're seeing you live and I'm getting you a Shirley Temple right then and there. Right on, dude. Perfect. And now it's time for number three. So as I bring this podcast conclusion, I cannot end this by saying goodbye because one, I made you a promise, man, not keeping that promise. Secondly, I love doing this with you, man. I love this episode and I want to make sure I get to do this once again with you on the podcast. So I'd love to have you back on in the future. Talk more about new music. Talk more about your journey. Talk more about everything. So I'd love to have you back on. So I can't say goodbye. Two final. I say, I'll see you later. I'll see you next time. Well, folks, that's my interview with Shaylee from the band Dayshell. Shaylee is Dayshell. And now it's time for Kevin's final thoughts. So, man, I mean, I, there's two things I can go into. I could go into the production side and how awesome it was. And we're talk about producing with Joey Sturgis and just having everything around there. But I'm going to talk about what he talked about when he was uh, beating alcoholism, not using it as a crutch anymore or as a dependency and really taking life back into his own hands to make sure that, you know, after Mr. Payne, he could continue to make music. He could continue to do this for what he loves, for fans, for everybody. And it really struck a chord with me because, I, I mean, I think about it with myself too. In today's world, it's, there's a lot of things that are going on and we only get one shot in life. We only get one chance for what we know of so far. I mean, what comes after we die, we still don't know. Are we ever going to know who actually knows? Probably not, though, because I don't know what happens after you die. No one really does. You can there's certain beliefs or certain ideologies, but in reality, it's there's no concrete proof. So when we think about we only have one shot life, what are we going to do with that shot? Are we going to make the most of it or are we not? Are we going to continue to rely on things just to get us by? And I think about what Shay had to say about depending upon alcohol to just get him through the day and how focusing on beating that really allowed him to get past it and become even better as a person, become better as a musician and just become happier in a way. I think about my life too and why, you know, when we are focusing on this stuff and why things aren't going well in life and if we're stuck on something, if we're using certain things as a crutch, why we have to break out from that and why we have to ask for help and make those changes for the positivity. Yes, the initial part of the change is gonna hurt worse than what you're going through right now. But when you make that change, then the aftermath of that initial hit, that initial wave is gonna be positivity, is gonna be happiness, is gonna be much better than what you were going through. Take that short-term hit, make the change so you can become much better for your life, for yourself, for your family, for your kids, for your friends, for the people you care about the most, and it'll pay dividends life so you don't end up laying on your deathbed 
right about to call it quits, look in the mirror with regret in your eyes, thinking about what you wish you did compared to thinking about what you did do and how awesome it was. So I want to thank Shay for being on the podcast. Check out Pegasus. It comes out on September 22nd. Go to the links in the description of the podcast. Say find Deshaun online. You'll see links and labels for everything from following Deshaun on social media, where you can get some merch, where you can watch music videos, where you can get Pegasus, where you can stream it, where you can buy it, download it. All that great kind of stuff is going to be down there for you. Go support Deshaun. I really, really want you guys to. When it comes to the Corporate Progression Podcast, please follow us online as well. We're on Facebook and Instagram primarily. I think we're also going back to Twitter as well. So go check that out as well. We are also, you know, yeah, doing great stuff on this place. So go check them out. Link strips to the podcast. If you're on YouTube, please give the episode a like right down there. If you're on Spotify podcast, or Amazon, please give the episode a like as well. Keep pushing us in the algorithm. I want to thank you guys for watching and listening. If you're on this uh, audio side of things, hit that follow button, subscribe or whatever it is. But if it's on YouTube, hit the subscribe button right down here as we do new episodes every single Tuesday and Thursday. Clips throughout the weekend. Of course, a Friday reaction just for you guys um this was a fantastic one so i want to make sure you guys continue to watch it continue to support day shell also want to thank phoenix fitness 20 percent off use code cpp20 at fnx thank you phoenix fitness thank you shay once again man i can't wait to have another conversation with you this one was a blast can't wait to really really see how people connect with pegasus man sonically brilliant so on that note that's good for you guys thank you for watching to the chord progression podcast my name is kevin and you guys know how i end every single one of these episodes with big healthy and hearty See ya! Yeah.